Are you a hairdresser or barber? Do you want to take your career to the next level but unsure how? Then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. I'm your host, Crystal Wilson. I've worked in the hair and beauty industry for the last 10 years, working my way up through some of the largest salons from each corner of the globe. Throughout my career, I've always been infatuated with the industry influencers, the people who have been able to make a name for themselves and have a flourishing career as a hairstylist. On this podcast, I'll be sitting down and talking to hair and beauty professionals who have taken their career to the next level. The ones who have gone from working behind the chair to exploring another avenue within the industry. From the platform artists, educators, business owners, TV and celebrity stylists, published, self-employed, brand-sponsored, and more, I'm sitting down and asking them how they've done it. I know these accolades can seem unattainable, so I'm making it my mission to break down the barriers, stereotypes, and simplify the process to make the dreams that you have more attainable. Join me every week on The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. All right, I have just had the most incredible chat with somebody that has been really so supportive of me, and I feel like, you know, I can say that about everybody that I sit down and chat with, but... I met Kitty last year when I moved to Sydney and packed my bags and decided that I was going to work in Sydney and left Melbourne and it was short-lived over there. I decided that to come back and follow my heart in a different way, but um, she was just so open and so easy to talk to and we've just formed this Instagram relationship and I'm so grateful for the community that I've been able to create on Instagram, but she has been in the industry for 18 years. She is an absolutely outrageous colorist, like so beautiful. I'm just obsessed with her and her work. And I really appreciated her coming on. I think it takes courage to come on. And some people are a little bit more shy than maybe myself, <laughs> but I really think that she just wanted to share her message and anything that she can say to help anybody else navigate a situation is what she wanted to do. So Kitty worked as, I want to make sure I have the right title for her, the color director at her previous salon for 10 years, where she started her apprenticeship, learned everything. She walked us through going to LA and San Francisco to be trained by Vidal Sassoon. And I was really curious about that because everybody, not everybody, but a good chunk of the guests that I've had, their peak and their pivotal moment was going to Sassoon's Academy. So I wanted to know from a colorist point of view, because a lot of those people have been stylists, what did she learn there? What changed the way she colors and all of these things? So we dove into that. And then in the past year, it's been a really hard year and Kitty's gone out on her own, started her own freelance business, working for herself and during a pandemic and it was friggin' hard. And I really appreciated her honesty and her openness of sharing the struggle of it, the amazing benefits and, you know, all the things that she has loved about it and grateful for. And she's such a positive person. She's definitely not a complainer. So I don't want it to be that she was complaining. She's just being real because I think we're naive to think or sometimes we look on Instagram and see that everything's going well for people. And there's a lot of stuff in the background that didn't go so well, and especially mix in a pandemic. And I think it could have been very defl deflating and easy to quit. And she didn't, and she's come out on top. And I really loved hearing all the things she wished she knew before she opened her business, mistakes, tips, tricks, everything. So 
I loved this combo. I feel like I got a lot out of it. I love talking to her. She's so just down to earth and so much knowledge. She's a little dark horse. She had so many achievements on my notepad that I made. When she said her bio, I was like, I didn't know you did all this stuff. So sometimes it's the quiet ones you've got to watch out for, right? So <laughs> tune in myself and Kitty talking about her journey from working in a salon, education, and now working for herself. Okay, today, every time I start an episode, I was like, you know, new season, I'm not going to start saying, okay, and I do it every single time and I can't help it. But today I'm sitting down with Kitty, who is somebody that I had a really lovely meeting with in Sydney and we've kept in touch and kind of budded our little friendship from Instagram. I've been following your journey and loving your work and I've loved watching how it's all evolved for you. And I loved reading your bio. There's so much about you that I didn't know. I was reading it like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so cool. I didn't know this. I was like, yeah, I don't talk about it a lot. Like, I've always been pretty modest. Um, Yeah. And I guess it's like, it's so long ago. Like I've been in the industry for like 18 years, almost 20 years. I know. So when I was writing my bio, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot I did this. I forgot I did that. That's pretty cool. Totally. I was reading it like, oh my God, we're going to have so much to talk about. Like I was (laughs) dying to talk to you because I know it's been a crazy year for you and for everyone, but I wanted to hear your story and then to hear... You know, I've got a whole page of notes for you. It's pretty good. <laughs> so maybe I just start and get us into, did you always want to be a hairdresser and how did you get into the industry? Oh, it's so funny. I actually fell into it. Um, I was I actually, when I finished high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. I had an after school job in retail and actually started beauty in the beauty industry. Uh, so I did beauty and makeup and then I studied that and then did it for a few months to a year, I think. And, uh, and I just thought it just wasn't for me. Loved makeup, yeah. but the beauty side of things, like for me, I'm too creative. I needed something yeah. that was going to... Um, You'd be waxing in all kinds of patterns. Uh, yeah, all, all different body parts, you know. It's just a bit too repetitive for me. I needed yeah. something a bit different Something that was gonna, um, what's the word? Like, just spark oh. your creativity, excite you, get yeah, your brain going. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I've always been a creative person, and they needed, I needed that outlet, you know. Yeah. So, one of my girlfriends actually, we used to, went to kindergarten together, believe oh it or my not. God. And um, she actually worked at the salon in Newtown called Head Over Heels, oh. and she was like. We're actually looking for staff. Do you want to just come in and try it out? See, see if you like it. I'm like, well, why not? I'll, I'll give it a go. So I went for the interview and never been to Newtown before. I'm from... Newtown's a cool place. It's a cool place. I'm from southwestern I'm Sydney. I'm a Sydney girl too. <laughs> so I grew up up in the suburbs and I remember stepping out in Newtown and I just felt this overwhelming sense of this is a really cool place and always I belonged here. Yeah. And um, so I went for my interview, met met Nathan Gorman who interviewed me and who has been my mentor for many, many years. And I loved it from the beginning. And I thought this, this is it. How Um, cool. Oh, good. Yeah. 
I do get goosebumps to this day. And like thinking back, I'm like, oh my God, like just everything that has happened, happened, happened for a reason. Um, I didn't, I, I fell into actual hairdressing by accident. But as a child, my mum actually used to perm her hair at home. Oh, and my really? dad used to perm it for her. Oh, and, I actually, and then after that, uh, after he did that, I, I started doing that as well before I even started hairdressing. Oh, my God. So it's just all these little things. That, yeah, that um, when you look at it now in the big picture, you're like, ah, oh, I bet that had something to do with it or this or that. Yeah, yeah. How cool. Well, I, I love hearing people's stories. I just love it. Yeah, so yeah, it, was, it was pretty cool. And so did you just start your apprenticeship there? Like you were able to just go in, suss it out, see if you liked uh-huh. it, did a bit of a trial, and then just began an apprenticeship? I, yeah, I started an apprenticeship. And I'm one of those people, um, the glass is always half full for me. I always wanted something more. So I started my apprenticeship and I was just like, I don't want to clean all the time. <laughs> so in my fruits, all on my days off, um, in any spare time, I was at home just on a dolly's head, practicing and practicing and practicing, spoiling, like, doing all the sectioning patterns, you know. My, sis- my younger sister was my little kind of... <laughs> I did a lot of mistakes on her, yeah. mind you. Um, yeah, but thank God it was on, on her, or exactly, on her and not a proper client. Um, but yeah, I did everything I could just to practice, um, all the techniques and everything I could just to be on the floor ASAP. So oh, I was yeah. literally on the floor as a second year apprentice. I um, started, started tinting as you do and yeah. then started a bit of foiling and I actually started growing my client base from there. Incredible. And I still have and- those clients too. To this day, as wow. well, mind you. So, and you gravitated yeah. towards color from the beginning, right? And do you from think that's beginning. because you have an artistic background, like painting? You like that? And um, visual arts was always my favorite um, subject in school. Me too. Um, and I've always been pretty crafty, and I've always painted. So I've naturally just um, been attracted to the color side of things. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah, I did a little bit of cutting. So I still kind of cut here and there, but colours, colours my thing. That's, that's where, that's where, like, where, where my heart is. Yeah, that's what excites me. I mean, I'm doing it yeah. trim and I'm like, oh, can't wait till this is over so I can look <laughs> at my colour work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, can't but wait till this is over like... and she can see someone else next time for this. <laughs> so true. So funny. True. And then you've done quite a bit overseas in education as well. So now you are an educator. But I was reading about your time in LA at Vidal Sassoon and something Uh that has been so repetitive in all my episodes, maybe not all, but a good chunk is Vidal Sassoon Academy being the, the peak, the starting point, the moment that changed things for people. And I thought it would just be interesting to hear about your experience because a lot of them are from London who I've talked to Uh and I haven't actually seen this and I think it's so interesting coming from Australia to go all the way over there and to say it was this pivotal moment for you I'd love to to hear it well as an apprentice I trained with a lot of people uh I worked with a lot of people sorry that trained at Sassoon's yeah. and I always like I always said oh Sassoon is a bee's knees of um education I thought I need to I need to I need to go there yeah so yeah. as an apprentice you know 
you earn shit money. So I was like, that was my goal. Um, I needed to get there. So I saved everything I could. Um, save, had to save flights, you know, the courses. Um, and the reason I went to um, the LA Academy, um, I, so there was a few, a few things leading to that. But, yeah, tell um, me everything. I want to know it all. <laughs> so much. Um, probably the, U, the UK Academy was probably a little bit too pricey for me at the time. Yeah. So the one in LA was a little bit more affordable for like, I was on an apprentice wage. And I was like, yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. to get any kind of student course. Um, and also I wanted to travel to San Francisco after that as well, because um, one of my girlfriends, she is the daughter of Diva Kulos, who is one of the creative directors for Sebastian P Professional. Um, so I wanted to kind of go to LA first and then go to San Fran and um, do a little bit of work the there as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, going back to Sassoon's, oh my God, um, my teacher at the time, she was amazing. She was actually English as well. Yeah. And um, so she trained with, she was part of the UK um, team. So I was kind of like, oh my God, how is it? Like, how does this work? I'm in the US. I always wanted to go to the UK to train there, but I've got one of the trainers in yeah. the US. Meant to be. So, yeah, it was meant to be. Um, but just the way she explained things and broke things down in a way that was just simplified. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And what I feel were you like learning? Like, what was she teaching you? Like, basics so, was it like a balayage course like what, no, what was it that you were taking it was actually a create the creative color course so it was a lot of pan a lot of panel work um a lot of um like kind of almost peekaboo colors and also in a way she sectioned um she sectioned pieces in a way where it would fall differently each yeah. way part of your hair which was i thought was so cool because yeah. um, at, at the time when I trained, it was all about, you know, just foiling and T-sections and half heads and like, you know, in this yeah. pattern. I just wanted to get out of that and be a little bit more creative with the way I colour. Yeah. And um, she sectioned in a way was, that was quite organic. So I love curved shapes, um, you know, um, like, curved, like sectioning away from a part in a way where it's like, say yeah. you've got a, like a, middle part to a section maybe just a bit underneath like the part yeah 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 it was all very curved organic sort of shapes so instead cool. of very instead of all structured and you still feel like you use those techniques today in your work like your work is outrageous i'm obsessed with you so percent <laughs> because it also she taught me how to uh color in a way that's going to enhance the haircut so as you know, Sassoon haircuts are quite almost geometric. Yeah, um, totally. And which, when I worked in Newtown, we did a lot of those sort of haircuts as well. It's we had a, very, a clientele that's quite diverse. Yeah. So I was very lucky to be a part of that um, in my like most of my career, really. Yeah. So it's made you an all-rounder, and not 100%. really afraid of certain textures or. No shapes or anything like that. I, I was lucky. I was in a salon like that as well in mm -hmm. at home in Canada. And when I came here, I found it quite hard because I found it a bit 
not in a mean way, but generic. Like I was doing the same thing all day, all the time, the same Mm -hmm. hair type, the same starting level, the same desired result. I was like, where is my dark bases? Where's my curly Uh texture? Like all this stuff that I just rainbow hair yeah I've I've since changed locations and you know that's part of figuring out when you move somewhere new you don't know the suburbs but Newtown would be exactly that that you would be getting those that diversity a hundred percent and for me as a creative um and learning in a way where it's always about force I'm just like there has to be something more to this I need something different yeah um which is why you can see on my feed I've got a variety of different like my clientele is quite varied yeah even though these days i'm known for like blondes and balayages but um i still love doing all my rainbow hair yeah and i'm in my element when i do those sort of colors you know so i need that variety otherwise i'll like for me personally i would get bored um i need that diversity yeah and i think the way you execute it like i can always tell when it's you when i'm scrolling and it's you like even if it is yeah always one the background like you can tell but i always know it's yours the way it's photo photograph the finish like i always know but even when you have say you're like neon green over your foils or whatever it's still your thing like i can tell it's yours Oh, yeah. uh, that, that actually means so much to me. And I just want to point out, like, as, you know, it's hard being colorist, being, especially in social media, it's hard, it's, it's very easy to get into that trap of comparing yourself to other people. Mm. But you, know, you have to be true to yourself and true to your style. Yeah. Um, everyone, everyone has a different way of doing things. And that's the beauty of our industry. You know, and this is a beautiful, beautiful beauty about social media that clients can go through and see our portfolio and think, oh my God, I love her work. That's how, yeah. how I want it. Or and like, I always work. think a lot of times too, I'm like, I get quite a lot of clients through Instagram. That's how I was able to move interstate overseas. Yeah. Like yeah. that's how, what I use it for. But I'm always like, why did they pick me? Like there's so many people on there that are in my suburb or my, you know, area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why did they pick me? You know, like there's so much yeah. variety. And I think sometimes as a colorist, you also get pegged in this from maybe the cutters or the other educators being like, oh, like, yeah, but all you do is balayage. It's like, yeah, but mm. it's fucking hard. Like you do a good, ba- like do a good freehand paint. That is so hard to do. It's, it's so hard. And so people, hard. cause I feel like you get a bit of flack as a colorist being like, oh, well, you know, if that's all you want to market to is long hair balayage, like you're not going to have mm. a clientele that's, you know, consistent and they don't come as often. And I've been struggling with that being like, maybe I need to fill in some foils and some gray coverage. And, you know, that's tips that I've been getting to make sure my book is consistent because my client's longevity in their color is so much. Like I'm booking yeah, them in, yeah. in 10 weeks and they're coming in and I'm like, oh, you don't need your hair done at all. <laughs> but you know what? I learned that but for a client, they appreciate your honesty. Yeah. And for me, I, I like knowing my colors. They, they get longevity out of my colors. Totally. You know, I don't want them to come back too quickly. Um, and they, they really appreciate that. And that's when you can actually up your price. Yeah. You know? That's so say, yeah. Balayage will come in what two, three times a year. Yeah. Um, compared to a foil client, which will come in what four to six weeks. Yeah. They'll probably pay I don't know 
what, yeah. four or five hundred dollars? Yeah, my bills are about four hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I said, you know, I when I, I break it down, I give them a price yeah. quote before yeah. I start anything. Yeah. I said everything can yeah. be adjusted. This is your max quote. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. But yeah. what I think I always make sure I say is, you just have to understand this is your big bill. This is your one time. This is your first visit yes. with me. And yeah. then moving forward, one, you're not coming to me every six to eight weeks and paying yeah. a two or $300 bill. You're paying a yeah. $400 bill twice a year. And then mm-hmm. you come in for a toner and a haircut. It's nothing. It's the maintenance. Yeah. So my, yeah, my balayage clients will come in yet two to three times a year, but I always get them to come back in for like, even like a little, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're paying attention to you too. And then in between have, having a toner or even like a little bit of basin value to freshen up. Yes. So you've got like the little um, touch up appointments in between, in, in between yes. the big. So I feel like this can segue in quite well into you're now <laughs> working for yourself. Yes. Correct. And was that something that you thought you always wanted to do? Like, or were you happy working for someone else? And then this flick switch, like what made you Uh, go in on your own? And I think it was a long time coming, um, leaving the place that I did my apprenticeship. I was very loyal there for many years and I I appreciated like everything I learned from that place, um, it makes molded me into the colors I am today. But again, I just needed more. Yeah. Um, and in order for me to do that, I needed to go out on my own um, to just take a leap, leap of faith and um, back myself. Yeah. And just and go out. So you out. went into a chair rental position, correct? It's not in salon. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, <laughs> you can buy all the people love it. <laughs> Because of his dog, wanting to the show. I'll put him on the graphic. <laughs> It'll be you, me, and the dog. <laughs> it's okay. We're right here. Hello. What makes me feel better about these recordings? Oh, I did one the other day with Jules. And like real life. He's cut out. Well, he was actually Mr. Popular with getting phone calls, but it cut out like three times and we had to restart the Zoom uh, meeting. And then this is, you know, it's your dog. It's not me. Whereas on my last season, I was the error all the time. So oh. I just feel like it's fine. It doesn't bother me. It's not me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned. And then now I know how to finagle the editing a bit better. Like I can pause it and then I'll cut it out and I'm getting yeah. a bit better. So don't even worry. <laughs> the learning but, process, you know? Oh learning to go. It has Lucky. been. So what I wanted to get from you is what made you decide to go into chair rental versus opening your own? Because in North America, and I just speak from my own experience, it's quite common. A lot of people do salon suites and booth rentals and um, work on commission. Whereas when I moved here, it was like not really a thing. Like nobody knew what I was talking about. And I was like, wait, what? I'm going to get a salary or what about when I do a really busy week or you know where's where's the motivation in that so what made you yeah how did you get into booth rental how did you hear about it learn about it find where you wanted Uh, to go I actually reached out to a few people that um freelance as well and then I just wanted to get that their advice on um like how how it was how did how they found it 
and all I heard was very positive yeah. uh, things. And um, so I reached out to one of my colleagues that I'm working with now, Amanda Tua, yeah. um, and we, we had a chat and she said, it's the best thing you will ever do. If, you have, if you've got that big clientele that will follow you, yeah. then like do it. Because I, and the reason why I wanted to freelance instead of owning my own salon was because back ahead of it, he was, I also was the colour director for, colour director for 10 years. Yeah. So, and it was, it's hard managing a big team. It's not for everyone. It's like you were in that role without it being your own salon. You saw the background stuff that it doesn't switch off when you leave the salon. Yeah, totally. And also I was doing a crazy amount of clients a day. It was just, I was just run to the ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what it's like. It's like I was doing on average anywhere from like eight to 12, 15 clients a day. Oh my God. Color or you were doing color. Oh my God, how? What? So I had an assistant was like a godsend and, yeah. um, you know, like your back-to-back clients, it's almost like a conveyor belt. Totally. And I just felt like, again, I lost creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like, I don't know, I was just working so, so hard and being so stressed and so emotionally drained. Yeah, and our body. Um, Something I learned from Carolyn on one of our episodes was, you know, your body actually can't take it. Why are you, or no. I don't even think it was in the episode. She, she's posted about it a few times on Instagram saying, when you are a sole trader, I think exactly what you've just said. When we work for other salons, you're used to being back to back, full head of foils in your processing yeah. time, your next month, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you don't think like my shoulder, I am, di- I am uh-huh. literally hunchback like my hand and my hand is numb it's down my back it's through my leg like I'm 28 I I, what's gonna happen when I'm you know even when I'm 30 what am I gonna do like and we get well well, I'm 38 is your shoulder and um (laughs) well I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a physio for my shoulder now as well so and it's it's hard like physically it's Mm -hmm. really really hard on the body um and so yeah from doing all those clients now i'm doing on average three to four clients a day but a lot of them are big big colors so all like i've concentrated more on on my blondes balayages um my rainbow my my scalp financially stable for you uh, on your own, statement. like doing those big services is what you need yeah. to be doing? Or do you think what I said, where you need to be inserting a few gray coverage or this or that to fill in the time? I, or yeah. yeah, so I have a mixture of, of all those clients. I still have my um, tint clients that come in like you know, five or six weeks. Yeah. Um, but my days are predominantly um, the, the bigger jobs, the bigger, the bigger colors. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I, I um, went out on my own because that's what I wanted to concentrate on yeah. creatively. That's what I needed. Um, so back um, at my um, old job, I was doing a lot of tint clients. Yeah. And these tint clients, they were booking for the whole year. Yeah. So then all my big balayage clients or my foil clients, they just couldn't get in with me. Yeah. Because, and I just felt I find uh, it at hard my level. Too. Yeah. 
it's hard. It's I don't hard have many, for... but they do mm. pre-book. And then I'm like, shit, yeah. I could be getting a big balayage yeah. in there. Yes. And that yeah. price point yeah. is a lot more than your hundred dollar mm-hmm. rebook. And yeah. I feel like sometimes that's where I was, I'm interested in always talking to freelance people yeah. because I'm very driven by a target and money mm-hmm. and trying to mm-hmm. hit, hit my goals and all these things. And I get sometimes too caught up in it where I'm like, Oh, I don't want that to mm-hmm. client. She's not going to make me hit my target for the week. You know, yeah. because when you're in a salon setting, that's what you have to be doing to make money. Like to hit yes. commissions. Yeah. yeah. Look, at the end of the day, they are your bread and butter clients. When I left, I still brought a few tint clients with me, but not as many. Yeah. And look, that's fine. Um, it was hard kind of leaving a salon where I was just a colour director or just doing colour because yeah. my clients were going to other people for their haircuts. Yeah. And they still do. So we still share clients. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of my old tint clients I kind of I hope they don't listen to this but a lot of my old tint clients they would kind of stay they, they'll stay over there which is yeah sort of makes me. sense you don't but, need to go no. to somebody for a tint and then sit there and then go you know when it's a big service like that sometimes they're happy mm. to break up the appointments when they're getting a full balayage and all these things but yeah. that's something yeah. I love that you've brought up because that's something I've always been worried about if I was ever to do something on my own who would finish the job? Like what, yeah. you know, like I don't, and now I, I am grateful during COVID and all of this, like our columns have been condensed that we're trying to have one operator stick to the same person. So I've been forced a little bit to be finishing my own and doing that and seeing the result. But do you yeah. find that hard? Do you find that that <laughs> clients kind of were like, Oh, like you're on your own now. What am I going to do? Like, or were they okay with it? Like, how, how have you made that transition? Well, I've always been a colorist that knew how to style hair. So I've, yeah. um, so I, I actually prefer finishing my own, my own colors. Yeah. Cause then I can style them the way I want to, um, yeah. instead of having like, you know, someone else finish it for me and not, not having it look the way I want it. Yeah. Um, cause at the end of the day, the, um, the, the photo that I put up on Instagram or social media, that's my advertisement. Um, yeah, totally. So it's and me being a perfectionist as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just anal about everything. Um, I prefer to finish my own life. <laughs> so, and they haven't you know, said so, anything about yeah. not being able to get a haircut and being like, oh, like, I guess you would just drop those clients off. And if they aren't willing to go to two places, then they're just not going to oh. come see you anymore. Yeah, yeah, well, um, a lot of our clients still kind of go um, back and forth. Okay. Um, so they'll come to me for a colour and they'll go to um, whoever they were yeah. seeing before for a haircut. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I, I actually do haircuts. I've gone back to doing a few haircuts here yeah. and there now as well. Um, Got it. But for, you know, the, the big styles and the thing, yeah. um, they'll go to someone else. What was the scariest part going on your own? Like, had you, I'm just like, listen, I'm always like, it's so ambitious to do and to go and do it. And, you know, what if they don't follow you? What if like, how, how did you plan your budget or get a color line? Like, how did you know how to begin all the steps or find the location? What made you um, went versus other places? I had a few uh, I had a short list of where I wanted to go um, and I contacted those, contacted those places 
and had like had a look around and I, it had to suit my clients um, and the location as well. Um, I still wanted to stay kind of in the inner west of Sydney. Yeah. And which is why I chose where, um, where I left it over here was I, I went to Assen yeah. in St. Peter's, which is the next suburb over. Okay. Space was beautiful. The lighting was amazing. Again, I was thinking um, the photos and um, there's a, a lot of space. It was just a gorgeous space. Um, and then, look, I started my business, like, January 2020, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, you know, it is going to be... I was one of those people. This is when I came and met you. Here. I was leaving with you. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be in Sydney. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the heck's happened? I was like, yeah, I'm going back oh, to it's Such a crazy year. So, yeah, I opened my business in January 2020, and then two months later, lockdown happened, and yeah. I'm like, shit. Yeah. So when I left Head Over Heels, I actually went on a big holiday and I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to just go all out business, no stock, um, like, you know, everything else, you know, foil, um, whatever I needed to start, start my business, uh, you know, insurance, like accounting, like you got to think about all these And how things. did you know about and, all this? Just um, from yeah, talking to your friends, from asking your friends who freelance, like, okay, yeah, what talk- do I need? And they're like, you need insurance, you need this. Cause like, I don't, I wouldn't know about anything about insurance. Yeah. You know, a lot of it I learned along the way as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the best way to do it. Like, I made a lot of mistakes along the way too, but you, you learn from that. Yeah. And um, especially, look, I, I always knew opening a business, but the first year of business is always going to be hard. Um, and it's going to be hard to make that profit as well. So I, I knew that going in. Yeah. Uh, but then out of pandemic into that, Oh my God, I don't think I've ever been so stressed in my life. And I'm always that person, I'm like positive, like I'm that, that yeah. person everyone goes to for, for advice. But I was just like, oh my God, I don't know what right. to do. Yeah. I literally invested everything into opening this up. And yeah. um, now I've got to close, didn't know what was going to happen. Am I going to be out of work for like six months? Yeah, or... there was no way of knowing what no, was happening no, at all. No. In any way, totally. Yeah. Uh, I think the one thing that kept me going was a lot of people in the industry just checking up on one another. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Like, are you okay? And yeah. um, need anything? Even my clients, I had, oh my God, like just yeah. such an overwhelming amount of support. Um, I had clients messaging me saying, um, do you want me to prepay my next, my next appointment? Not even knowing if I'm going to be able to open. Yeah, so like, sure I was like in tears and I was just like, Oh, just like yeah, the support of everyone is just what kept me going. And um, yeah. And the funny thing was um, when I reopened, I was as busier than ever. ever. Yeah. So a lot of the clients that didn't follow me in the beginning, they yeah. contacted me wanting appointments and wanting to support me. And yeah. like, I'm just people, thankful People for love uh, an independent operator. You know, everybody, our Christmas present theme this yeah. year was support local. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to be supporting the small guy. And not yeah. to say that yeah. the salons yeah. aren't, like those are still independent mm-hmm. businesses, yeah. but people really, and I've heard that from a lot of my friends at Freelance, yeah. that more than ever, those people wanted to come in for a blow wave or buy shampoo or, you know, do mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, and during COVID, like I had to think about way, other ways about um, 
but thinking about the positives, I had to kind of take a step back and think, I mean, how else am I going to make money now? Yeah. Which is how, why I opened my online shop on my website. Yeah. Just, you have to think of, uh, you got to have to hustle. Yeah. Like totally. how I'm going to make more. And what like, were you doing with that education or selling product? Selling products. Yeah. 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 I think everybody had to do something like that. And how did you choose your product line? Like what, how do you go about that? Did you open an account with whatever product company you use and you approach them and say, I'm going on my own. I'm just me. Mm -hmm. I'm an independent person. Like, was that challenging or how did you? Um, No, because I was already educating for Labiacetique. So Um, yeah. So that like, they were just fine. It was a known brainer. I would just go to them for yeah, color range and then products and that sort of thing. I just got along the way. Yeah. The main thing opening your business is you don't need everything straight away. Mm. Like have your like setup costs and what you need that will last you the first couple of months and you can get other things along the way, you know, um, and that's yeah. what I learned. And that's fine, like to do it yeah. that way. You don't need everything I don't need um, the full day range. One. When am I going to do that red tint in my first week? You know, and like <laughs> that other thing as well. And yeah, I was saying no, to on, a girlfriend sorry. who's starting on her own too. I was like, get every other base level. Like mm-hmm. you don't need the whole thing. And the mm-hmm. beauty is I'm, I'm going into work today. And, you know, I probably could have looked at my book yesterday and thought about who I was doing, but I'm going to say, I don't actually know whose hair I'm doing. Whereas when yeah. it's your own, they're booking in yeah. through you. So if you need that color, you can go yeah. buy it. You go yesterday yeah. and buy the color. It's not, there's yeah. never really a surprise in your yeah. chair because you're yeah. in control of your book and you're the one booking them. Yeah, exactly. And look, um, product rate, like, product brands they're they're pretty good like you know I I, I was able to swap colors that I don't I don't really use mm. like double two way I'm not a, I don't really have any like double two way yeah. client so I'll swap that for like a double six oh or yeah. like things that I'll actually need um yeah yeah so yeah cool. mm. and have you found that you got more clients than you thought would come or you thought you were going to be having to do more clients in a day to earn what you wanted to earn or are you realizing you actually can do one whole client process them finish and then start your next one and you're still in the same profitability that you would have been like what have you Um, noticed that way from doing it yourself in a different way so from doing like you know eight to twelve clients a day the volume of that um it's obviously condensed because I'm doing like three to four clients. So, but in that way, like the processing time where I could be doing another client, um, I'll be doing like admin and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, which again, like I was just like, oh my God, three to four, three to four clients a day. That's, that's the dream. Yeah. Um, but um, it's profitable in a different way. Yeah. Um, so my, I had to increase my prices. Yeah. Um, and this was another reason why I left where I was because I just felt like personally with the quality of work that I was putting in, I could yeah. charge more. Yeah. And I couldn't back then. Yeah. You're not able, so, it's not your salon. I, I can't dictate what my mm-hmm. price is. And you know, it's, it's. Yeah. And again, you've got to at the same level yeah. as me and I'm yeah. charging more. Well, why? Yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and you just got okay got with that. Back they, were happy, they were happy. They were happy. Lost a few clients, and that and that's to be expected. Yeah. Um, and I probably didn't like a lot of clients that I thought would follow me didn't follow me. Yeah, and that's fine too. Um, I just feel like and this this is what happens um all the time. Like you, but then you gain a, a new batch. Yeah, and it's always the way. And you're taking new clients now, like you, your book is open and how do you go about booking oh, yeah, a new book. client and do you do an online consultation so, with them or how do you? Um, usually uh, if I get a new client request, I ask them to just send me through a picture of what the hair looks like currently and just like an inspiration picture. Yeah, totally and that gives me, um, that's, then that allows me to book in it like the exact amount of time I need for that client, for that client, yes. instead of just going in blind, because I mean, we've all been there. Um, you have, if you speak to a client, oh, what black balayage or whatever, and then they end up coming like a, like black box dye in their hair. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a big, big color correction. So, which means yeah. it's a bigger job. So I need those visuals to, um, to figure out how much time I need with them. Did you find and that I, I, transitioning? from having an apprentice to now being on your own? Yes. And I think about that all the time. Like how would I about, somebody else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like doing my own, all my own basin work as well. Um, that was, look, talk, going back to what we spoke about uh, being hard on the body. Mm. Like I've been in this business for like 18 years now. And in this, in the past year, dermatitis on my hands have this the worst it has ever been because you're at um, the basin i'm at the basin me too look i always wear gloves for everything i do yeah um but this the, this is the worst it's ever been so physically i don't know how much longer i'll be able to do the the physical client like clients anymore yeah um so yeah it's it's tough is that why you, so I know you've educated and doing mm-hmm. that. And is that where you see yourself going full time? Yeah. And a long, the long-term goal is definitely education. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll always do my, my clients, but I'll condense that yeah. down eventually. Totally. That's exactly um, what yeah. I think. More, not that I don't love it, but my body yeah. actually can't do it. Okay. And I feel like, you know, it's something that I'm being a bit more open in saying now, because yeah. when I've yeah. worked for salons in the past, I didn't want them to know that my hand cramps when I hold the tap oh. or that, you know, I can't go to sleep because my arms are numb or, yeah. you know, this is yeah. real. And that's why I wanted the podcast mm-hmm. to share everything and tell the good, the bad, but, you know, the amazing things about it. Yeah. But that it scared me when that started happening, being mm-hmm. like, what else am I going to do? I don't have a university degree. I don't know anything yeah. else. I'm just a hairdresser, you yeah. know, and that's how this podcast all bloomed and all of these things. But there's other avenues within this industry that yes. will still be just as involved, just as passionate and not, I know that I cannot do what I'm doing yeah. for another mm-hmm. 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. I know I can't. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and I, look, I've, got such a passion for education as well mm. i love nurturing and mentoring the next generation of hairdressers yeah um and going back to when i train at Sassoon's, like i like to 
what I got out of that was, you know, I feel like as hairdressers and especially colorists, a lot of people like to um, just make things a bit too hard yeah. or, or overcomplicate things. So when I, when I educate, I like to kind of almost simplify, simplify things and make it easy to understand. Yeah. And um, are you coming up with those curriculums yourself? Like, is what you're teaching your yeah, I write replacement? Yeah, yep, I write all my, my programs. That's yep. amazing. So everything I teach, they're, they're my own personal techniques. Yeah, but you just have a brand backing you in terms of product, but it's your yeah. your education, your... your... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Love that. I always get, and like, I, mesmerized I'm, I'm by so, people. Oh, I'm so grateful for the opportunities yeah. um that I've had with the education and just the support yeah. you know um like thinking back to my first ever class I was so nervous mm -hmm. yeah. and I've I've always been a really really shy person yeah. I think that's why I'm always like in the background like, I'm yeah. just like I'm always that being that quiet achiever yeah um I'm the opposite I haven't achieved anything <laughs> I'm like look at me look at me <laughs> Oh, this is something. Thank this you. is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. I'm like, how am I going to get on stage? <laughs> but I'm not that great at hair. What am I going to do? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're silly. <laughs> you know, I think, and this is the thing, like as creators, we've, we've all got our, dif our different style. Yeah. And if we all did the same like thing, like how boring would that be? Totally. Like, you know, we all have a signature style. What's something that you wish you knew before you opened your own? Like I, pandemic maybe aside or not, like what do you, what do you think was the, a mistake that you wish you knew before? Um, I think overlooking how, how many people would follow me. That was actually really tough. Um, would or wouldn't? I, sorry? How many people did or did not oh, follow? Oh, so did not follow me. Yeah. So a lot didn't follow me. So the first, um, when I first opened, oh, I was really patchy. Yeah. Hard to get that momentum coming, especially um, during the whole lockdown as well. Um, yeah. But now, now I'm booked up for the next three months and just okay. knowing that... Yeah. I've got that work coming in. It's I think that would be a blow like to the a ego. Big relief. Like it it would hurt your feelings pardon? because it, it would be a blow to the ego going from doing 13 oh, clients a day yeah. to going on your own and being yeah. so proud and taking yeah. this leap and being like I'm doing it. Yeah. It's me. Like yeah. come yeah. support me like you have for yeah. all these years and they yeah. don't and mm -hmm. you are mm. gappy. That would be it would be deflating. And especially once you um, invest so much money into yeah. something, like, you know what, uh, you just have to back yourself. And I was yeah. kind of like, I'm, uh, you just can't give up. Yeah. Um, no matter yeah. how times go, like, gets tough. I was in oh, the, my darkest moments, like, during lockdown. Yeah. yeah. But you come out of it, there's light, always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and you just have to stick with it. Yeah. And to your guns like I thought going in I was like because I up, like increased my prices as well like oh maybe I increase not sure you're doubting yourself but your decisions you, yeah. doubt, you doubt yourself and you lose that confidence as well 
Yeah. Um, but then you just, yeah, you just have to back yourself. And what's changed between then and now being fully booked? Like, what do you think? Is it just people had time to adjust to you being on your own and find you and that, or people referred you more or what, why do you think you weren't booked solid in the beginning and now you're back where you were, say? Uh, I think COVID actually had a lot to do with it. So taking that again, um, it into a positive um like we spoke before i feel like people just wanted to back a small independent person oh, yeah and a small business you know um and also i just got a big influx influx of new clients um which again like social media instagram instagram a lot a lot of yeah. instagram and then referrals yeah um and another thing was oh my god i wasn't on facebook I haven't had Facebook for many years. Yeah. Um, and then I tried to go back on it last year when I opened my business yeah. and they just kind of locked me out. It was some sort of privacy matter. And I think it's because uh, of when yeah. I closed my account like years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? You need a Facebook account. Oh, I only just got tip. back onto it the 1st <laughs> of January this year. So I've been off it for like a whole year. They kicked me off for a whole year. Yeah. So when I got back on, I'm like, oh my God, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> And so that's as a business that, page, like as Kitty Colorist, page. like not as just um, your, my own Facebook. I need a Facebook well, page for my business. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, you need, I think you need a, your own personal page and then yeah, um, create your business page from that. So and I why do you think that? What, what? Oh, you need to promote your posts yeah. um, to get into a wider audience. And so doing like the paid um, advertisements? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So I've only been doing that. I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore. But oh, really? I, yeah, I well, used to I've, Yeah, I've only been on it for it's been only the end of January now. I've been on it for about three weeks. Yeah. So each week, I've had a new um, promotion, uh, paid promotion. Sorry. Yeah. And um, I think I've got like close. I think about eight new followers from that from wow. the last eight weeks. Sorry, three weeks. Yeah, so, that's incredible. It works. And yeah. I'll just so many new requests as well. Such a good tip. Love it. Mm. So my final, as we get to kind of wrap, I feel like I've just gotten so much information. I've just loved it. I just <laughs> wanted to kind of touch on, because you are now changing locations from where you first started freelancing to somewhere else. And what what's made you do that? Do you think that you were taken in by the aesthetic and overlooked the price and now you're realizing like what yes. what's the change? I did I did overlook the price. Um last year was really tough because you know again COVID and my first year of business. Yeah. And also I think you overlook how much you lose um, like in your profits. Yeah. So you've got to take into consideration, yeah, I'm making all this money, but then it's all going to me. But well, I most of it this. isn't though. So you've got your tax, you've got your super, you've got your GST. Um, make sure your products are covered. Um, your rent yeah. is all gone. I, I wasn't really left with much at all yeah. to live with. Which um, I think so is. So all I have to People go out on their own being like, oh, it's all going to me. But, um, and the reason why I'm moving to this new place is because um, the rent is a bit more beneficial for me yeah. um, and to, make it, to make that profit. Yeah. 
Um, and it's, I've got, I'm quite lucky that most of my clients are all around Sydney. So I'm, I'll be based in an area where um, it's easy to access for them. Yeah. yeah. Very convenient so and very cool. central. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the benefit more so than the financial, because I think a lot of times people think I'm going to go work for myself so I can make Mm -hmm. money. And I was listening to another podcast recently that it actually isn't so much about a difference in pay. It's just the freedom. You can pick when you want a day off. You can have a weekend off. You don't have to ask for annual leave. You know, even if the pay is the same, it's that freedom. Mm -hmm. But then there's a lot yep. of people who don't want to do the taxes and the super and the bookkeeping and the ordering product. Yep. And do you think that it balances out in a way? It, it does. It does. Like, you know, I, between three to four clients a day, mm-hmm. um, on average, maybe three days a week, some, on my really busy weeks, four days. But yeah. then my days, my days off, I just yeah. filled with admin. Yeah. Um, so you're always, you have to be, you have to be on top of everything. Yeah. Um, so you can't just kind of just let it, let it linger for like a few weeks because yeah, totally. it just all backs up. So you yeah. just have to be on top of that. Um, so it is but hard. Are you doing five days a week in the salon and now you've been able to cut down to less days? Uh, I was doing uh, about four days. Okay. Four days, sometimes five days, uh, about 10 hours a day. So now I'll be doing close to 12 hours a day. Yeah. Just to, just to almost get that, that profit as yeah. well. But now going to my new place, I'll be paying more of a weekly rent, which yeah. will be then um, I'll be more flexible with my time. Yeah. Um, Cause again, I can't do those 12 hour days anymore. It's yeah. just hard on my body. Yeah. So yeah. I just felt this is best for me going forward. Cause I could like literally go in and do one client that day. Yeah. And not worry about, oh, is this going to like cover my rent? Is this going to oh, cover because everything? because say right? at your other place, you were paying a daily rate? A daily, a daily rate, oh, yeah. So you think a so weekly if, rate is better? Uh, it's, look, it depends. It depends. Yeah. So say if you're like a casual, if you do casual clients um, and you're mainly like a, say an editorial stylist and you just yeah. need somewhere to go, a daily rate would be better for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm of a full-time um, freelancer. Yeah. Cool. Love it. So that works better for me. Anything else that you feel like you really wanted to share that we haven't covered or any last minute tip or, you know, anything, or you feel like we've covered it all? I don't know. I think we've covered quite a bit, don't you think? I Um, think so too. Yeah. I don't know. I think we've covered, covered a lot. Yeah. Covered the cost, covered the benefits. I really appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable it's not really easy to come on and say it actually wasn't good the first year or you know I wasn't not to say it wasn't you're not saying it wasn't good but you know it's hard to say my clients didn't follow me or I wasn't fully booked and I thought I would be like that's hard to get out of your mouth when you have an ego or any not even an ego but anything like it's it's being real and I really appreciate you sharing that it's not all rainbows yeah a lot of and what keeps me going a lot is, you know what, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I don't think anyone's doubting you. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I'm my own worst enemy. So totally. I'm always we all are. like, we all are. you know, I'm always doubting myself. And, but like I said, you just have to back yourself. Yeah. 
I think you just have to do it. What I've learned from doing this oh, yeah. show and you talking to everybody yeah. is that nobody knows but what the hell they're doing. Nobody knows. It's the day. Like, it's like, you know, I, I hear it all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy in my job. I'm unhappy at this. I want to change this. Yeah. Just do it. Totally. Like, you have to lose. Yeah. Like, 100%. you know. Love it. Perfect, perfect finale. So I just Aww. want to thank you for your time. I was so glad. I really jumped on this yesterday. I've been asking you. We've been talking about it since I started it. But I was like, oh, before she starts a new place, I've just got to get her now and get going. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to, I like to have a backlog of episodes and then release them so that I don't feel completely overwhelmed yeah. too, that I have to be recording. So as many as I can get in. And I was just happy to snag the opportunity with you. And I think it's the perfect yeah, info to inspire people and have them know that it, it doesn't always go smoothly right from the beginning and that, you know, you just got to stick through it and don't give up. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the key word. Don't give up. Yeah. Love it. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Successful Stylist Unfoiled. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube to get all the notifications of our weekly episodes.